Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Welcome back. I hope you are all enjoying your Tuesday so far. On today's episode, I have the lovely founder and CEO of the Mayfair Group, which is a company some of you I'm sure have heard of before. But if you haven't heard of the Mayfair Group, they are known as an all-inclusive brand representation company specializing in the sectors of public relations, social media, sales, graphic design, and creative content. The company was founded in 2017 by Sam, who is on this conversation today, and their mission is to eliminate the gap between companies and consumers within each of their departments, all while, of course, empowering and promoting badass females. Mayfair is revolutionizing the service-based industry by harnessing their global social network to test initiatives to then implement for their own clients. So obviously on today's episode, Sam and I discuss how she started Mayfair Group, what their purpose is, everything behind the whole company, but we also talk about her journey leading up to it because of course... I personally find it very important to acknowledge those stepping stones because nothing is an overnight success and it's so easy to, I guess, get caught up in thinking that it is because of social media and seeing how some people have hundreds and thousands of followers and oftentimes if we're starting out, we think, oh my goodness, it's going to take me forever to get there. Well, the truth is most of the time it actually does for many others and their companies, just like Sam and in her journey as well. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and let's dive into it. All right. Well, hey, Sam, thanks so much for joining me today. First off, we are in quarantine right now. So how are you doing? How are you feeling? Quickly share some of your current thoughts. Yeah. I mean, quarantine is something that's really in general, been tough for all of us. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like too, it's just, you know, we're so used to our norm and our schedules and everything we have going on in our daily lives. So I guess the best way to put it, it's, it's been a real struggle, but in saying that, I feel like the best way to deal with situations like this is try to have a positive mindset and outlook on everything. So every day I remind myself of the things I'm grateful for, you know, I have a healthy family, I have a roof over my head and you know, if the worst thing that we have to do to keep everybody safe is stay inside, then that's what we need to do. So Mm -hmm. it's a short-term thing longer than we expected, but I think that you've just got to make the most of it and obviously just hope everyone's staying safe. Yeah. I really, really love that mindset as well. The way that you frame it in your head on, you know, realizing that it is short-term, obviously a little bit longer than we expected, but you know, it's just about having that positive mindset and being grateful for those small things in our everyday life. So I think it's a great, you know, example for the younger generation, but let's get into a little bit about who you are. Um, For those who don't know who you are, can you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Sam Aberhart and I'm 29 years old and I started, I'm the founder and CEO of the Mayfair Group, which is an an all-service creative agency that um, represents a ton of different brands as well as created essentially our own brand and has a full service e-commerce site. So yeah, I mean, really 
Mayfair is my baby. It's my life. It's something that I've put a lot of effort into, and I have an incredible team too that's helped me grow this vision, this crazy vision that I had um, when I wanted to start out and grow this company. But it's been the best thing I've ever done, and I'm sure we're going to get way more into that. But that's really a rundown on me. I also am married. I have a puppy. Me and my husband live in Scottsdale, Arizona, <laughs> and yeah, that's that's also where Mayfair's based. So. I'm sure there's going to be many more questions about me first. We'll dive into that as well. Of course, of course. And um, let's, you know, for now, let's dive into a little bit about your background. I definitely did some digging and mm-hmm. I saw on LinkedIn, um, it looks like you attended University of North Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. And you studied marketing. So I was wondering, did you choose this major because you already felt inclined going into the business field eventually or you know, what did you kind of have in mind for post-grad life at the time? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if anyone really knows what post-grad life is going to look like. And and that's something I'll go over to more in detail. But for me, I just have always been obsessed with business. Um, my, my dad was an entrepreneur, uh, started his own company. And so in a weird way, I just think that was always ingrained in my DNA, like growing up. And I just always remember my dad saying to me, you know, the best part about owning your own business is you're in control of your own destiny. And you, you know, you answer to you basically, and you can work with some incredible people. You can have flexibility long-term and at the end of the day, you're in control of your own fate. And it's something I think that just resonated with me growing up. And so I feel like I was just always into business and entrepreneurship, whether it was ideas for companies or marketing or concepts. Like I was always fascinated with, you know, how people build their brands and their companies. So I didn't really know what that was going to look like in my life. I just remember being really obsessed with that. And so when I went to school, I decided to study business and, you know, the marketing, the sales, all of those really, those aspects of business really attracted me. And so I studied business in school. I definitely loved studying business. I think for me, it was, it was like fashion was really a creative outlet and business was really like what I wanted to do. And I, and I always really knew that deep down. Um, and so I I studied business and then got an opportunity to intern in LA for a company called wild Fox couture, which was my first job out of college. And that really led me to basically fashion sales, which is how my kind of career started. So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think like, I will say whatever you study in college shouldn't also dictate what your career is in. I know many, many people, people within the Mayfair company that either didn't go to school or they studied things completely different to what they ended up doing. So although I think, you know, your degree definitely should be something you're interested in, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself because ultimately you're going to end up doing what you want to do. And that should be your focus. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times too, like there's so much pressure surrounding like your degree and what you're doing after college and all of these things. And I just think, you know, the universe has a funny way of of figuring things out sometimes. And so Mm -hmm. each step of your journey plays an intricate role in what you're going to end up doing, but learn from all of those experiences. And if you know what you want to do, obviously that's amazing. Um, And if you don't, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. So for Mm -hmm. me, I just knew what my passion was. And that was like, like I said, entrepreneurship, business, relationships, sales, things like that. And really fashion just became my creative outlet. Mm, 
Wow. I really like the way you explained that. I definitely have um, more questions to dive into, especially with your work experience leading up to um, the Mayfair group. But I also did want to ask, I saw that you played women's soccer in mm -hmm. college. Yeah. Um, I was also a competitive athlete all throughout my life as well. So I definitely wanted to kind of uh, pick your brain about it. Did this experience as an athlete shape your mindset and perhaps, you know, your discipline in building your business today? Mm -hmm, definitely. I mean, I think anything that revolves around a team mentality is always going to help you when it comes to working in business. For me, I think there's so many things you learn about group dynamics and something that I commit to every single day is working to be better, whether it's a better manager, a better CEO, a better founder. And I think really having that team mentality of playing sports growing up, you learn to understand people's strengths and weaknesses and how obviously to not only relate to people, but to work with people and to, you know, be a good teammate and be, you know, someone that is, you know, good to be like on the field beside or in a company beside. So I think like those experiences have definitely shaped the person I am. And I'll also say something that's so important about sports is like, when you grow up playing a sport and, and even when you go to college and play a sport, you have to time manage like so, so well. Um, playing division one soccer, which is what I did, what, what I did most of my college career and studying and growing a business and all of these things, like you really have to learn to not only compartmentalize, but you know, prioritize within your time and really manage your time. So I think there's a lot of skills and things that I learned playing sports, but understanding people and learning to work with people in different personalities is probably the biggest one. And the second is time management. For those, um, you know, who might not have had that athletic experience in time management, do you have any small tips and tricks for how to maybe practice that while in college, especially, you know, during quarantine and that figuring it out life phase, like any tips in that area? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's like my tips are always just like you have a plan, but then your plan is always going to go haywire. Like I feel like <laughs> owning a business, like you can plan as much as you want and, you know, planning is great. And I try to really structure my days around, you know, the most important things having priority. I think that that's probably my biggest tip is just making sure that, you know, whether it's scheduling all of your calls in the afternoon and making sure that your mornings are set for your most priority items and you really like structure your day around productivity. But in saying that, you know, some things are always going to come up, especially when you're running a business or you're in college and you're dealing with a bunch of different classes and everything that you're going through. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. But my biggest tip would be basically trying to prioritize your day and make sure you're time managing your most important priority items to always be first and then eliminating variables of like distraction too. Um, mm -hmm. something one of my friends always told me, he's another business mentor of mine, but he always said like, eliminating variables that are going to really take away from your time. So whether that's like pre-planning your lunch the night before, like for me, sometimes even when we're in office, I like to pre-plan what I'm going to wear and just like eliminating any variables that are going to take away time from your productivity. So mm -hmm. it seems extreme, but honestly, when you're doing so many things in one day, it's also the best way to maximize your day. Um, but also I think with quarantine, you know, you've got to have a little bit of time to, just check out, you know, every now and again. And I think whether it's just going on a walk or having a lunch and just like mentally digesting everything you're going through and having a bit of a break, I think that's just as important too for your mental health. So mm -hmm. plan to be productive, but also cut yourself some slack because I know what right. we're all going through right now and it's pretty tough. So mm -hmm. 
I like that. I like that piece of advice too. It's funny because I don't know if you use Google Calendar or something of that nature to plan, but I'm very similar in that sense where um, rather than taking the morning to decide what I'm going to wear or what I'm going to do specifically in the morning, I try to decide that either a couple of days in advance or a week before, obviously kind of like this, planning out the podcast interview in advance. So I definitely agree. Um, but let's dive into your work experience leading up to the Mayfair group. I think it's super important, especially for young women to see that it's obviously not an overnight success story. You know, there's always um, little hallmarks throughout the way, but I know you mentioned your first job out of college was with uh, Wild Fox Couture. So, and I also saw as well, you worked in sales for quite some time. Was that something that shaped your business and entrepreneur mindset? Is that sales and industry that you highly recommend for those who want to maybe develop their own business in the future? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think, you know, and it, it goes back to like us being a female founded company. I think like our goal is always to inspire people and really empower people and, and really just even show what it's like to be either a female today, a female student, a female entrepreneur, and just be relatable. And I think in general, like with sales, and this is really what attracted me to sales was just the idea of building relationships and having, you know, genuine connections and relationships with people and being relatable at the end of the day. And I think the best kind of salespeople are those types of people. They understand how to relate to people. They understand the value of relationships. Um, they're genuine. And really that's honestly what we obviously look for in employees. That's on, honestly what I think attracted me to sales in the first place. And I think that's why I, I did well at sales at least is just because I really value the relationships that I have and, and understand the importance of building those um, and being genuine about them. But in regards to just finding out your avenue, I think the best advice is just like I said, is I think that a lot of times there's so much pressure on like graduating college and, you know, I'm somebody that's struggled with mental health issues like my entire life. And I'm very vocal about speaking about this. And a lot of that is stems from the pressure that people put on us. So it's like, whenever you graduate, it's like, what are you going to do? That was like the first question. What are you going to do? And you know, you're a 22 year old grading, graduating college, 23, 21, whatever your age. And who knows? Like, I think that that's the hardest question to answer. And I think there's so much pressure for people to be like onto the next chapter and do whatever's next in like what society defines as like the roles, I guess, for like what your future is. And I think the biggest advice I really have is like, there's no right or wrong time in life. You know, I developed Mayfair when I was 27 and, you know, companies are started when people are 27 companies are starting when people are in their fifties. Like, you know, your journey is completely unique to you. And so don't look around you too much. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself and don't even let society's pressure stress you out. The best thing you can do is find out what you're passionate about and pursue opportunities within that field. And I think the rest of your life will start to line up and going back to obviously the sales conversation is like, that's what I loved. And I really just knew that I loved working with people. And so when I was applying for internships, I was like, okay, sales, I think is going to be my avenue. So what, what kind of fields am I interested in? And do I want to work in mark and uh, sports sales? Do I want to work in beauty? Do I want to do fashion? And so fashion was really what I loved. And that's when I started to apply for internships within that. That's what led me to my internship at Wild Fox. And again, I never even knew that career existed. And I wouldn't have known unless I obviously went off of what my passions were and what I was good at. And so I think just understanding one, what your passion is, 
and two, what your strengths are. And then I think finding something that fits within those fields and getting as much experience as you can. And then ultimately each little step that you make will lead you to where you're supposed to go. But I just think that we are so fascinated with looking around and seeing what other people are doing. that a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves to like figure it out right away. And I can firsthand tell you, like I spent seven years in the industry, like working for other people and all of that experience was amazing experience, but it ultimately wasn't what I wanted to do. And so, you know, you have to work for a lot of different companies, work for a lot of different people until you find what it is that you're meant to be doing. So I just think that, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself and don't look around you too much because your journey is completely unique to you. So something I've learned over my past seven or eight years, I guess, but I feel like that's really my advice too for my 22 year old self because I put so much pressure on myself to figure it out right away. And that's not a realistic thing, you know? Yeah. And, and thank you for sharing that. And that was honestly primarily why I asked you this as well, because I think, as you mentioned, it, it is so easy to look, especially with social media, so accessible to mm-hmm. kind of see a fellow 25, 30 year old, whatever doing this. And then we might be in a position in life where we're not so happy. Right. So it makes us feel like, Oh my God, how did they get there? Mm-hmm. And obviously, as I mentioned, I did some digging and I saw that you obviously had a lot of work experience and it led up to what you're doing today. Mm-hmm. And it shows like that is not overnight success, despite what some people just naturally assume just by looking on social media and looking at, you know, they might not have ever seen Mayfair at zero followers, right? But now it's at a couple hundred thousand. So mm-hmm. it is so easy to be like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me so long to get there. But what they forget is it also took you years to get there as well. And I'm glad that you really shared that. Yeah. And I think like, you know, something that I always remind myself is like, even though we're here now, like one, there's so, there's so many bigger things we want to do first of all. But secondly, like, you know, we still have challenges every single day. Like, you know, our life is far from perfect. You know, I wake up as a, a CEO of a company that's obviously grown immensely, but like whether you're Oprah Winfrey, LeBron James, or me, we all wake up with challenges every day. We're human beings, you know? So I just think that like, you know, it's, it's like, again, everyone's journey is unique to you and, and you're going to come across so many challenges along the way. And I think that like, you know, just be prepared for that, but also know that you're, you're never alone in that. And I think that like, even now, you know, our challenges are a lot different than the day that we started Mayfair, you know, in the early days, it was like begging people to work with us. And now we've scaled into this massive company and we have a ton of bigger challenges that we face every single day, but there's always going to be challenges. Like, even when you get to where you want to go and you're like a CEO and you've started your company and you feel like you're doing the right thing. And you know, I have a lot of purpose and happiness from like what we're doing the most I've ever had in my life, but you know, everyone still wakes up with challenges every day. And I think that's comforting to know because, um, you know, Instagram is not reality. And I think that that's something that we try to be transparent about on Mayfair and me personally as well is like, Instagram essentially is is somewhat of a highlight reel. And, you know, it goes back to like not looking around, but also just understanding that every single person on social media is a human being and they go through what you're going through every single day. And so I think there's a lot of comfort in that, especially during quarantine where we can feel isolated and, you know, it's, it's easy to look around and think like, Oh, this person's doing that. And this person's doing this. And I'm just sitting here, you know, but the reality is every single person is waking up with challenges. So I think just having that mindset and being grateful for where you are and where you're going and just continuing to 
realign yourself and set goals, I think is the best kind of mindset to have in all of this. But yeah. Going back a little bit to your work experience, I know you mentioned, obviously, it was so vital for you to get experience working for other people and trying different positions and different and working at different companies. Do you personally believe that it is just so vital in general to have various work experiences after college, um, you know, under your belt, especially even if you are someone that feels really driven to have your own business or feels really driven to maybe be a freelancer in graphic design or something, and you are so set on that and you feel that that is what you're called to, do you still advise to at least get various work experiences? I think the experience is great. I I honestly don't think again, that there's like one route in order to like own your own business. I know so many people that have done it so many different ways. So I can only really speak to my personal experience. And really my experience was that every single company I worked for, every single boss that I worked under, it all taught me so much. And I think that, you know, college is great. Education is great. I'm never going to diminish that. But real life work experience is where you really learn, you know, the things that you need to know, obviously with, within kind of like the working your career, um, you know, just in general in your career. So I think those experiences are so valuable. And I think the more types of owners and bosses and CEOs and that you work for, and the more types of companies you work for, you learn different things from every experience. And I think ultimately all of those combined lead you to where you're supposed to be. So I always say, you know, I think that experience is so valuable. And if you can intern or work for different companies, like that's only going to provide value to your life. And you're going to learn with each experience, what you love, what you don't love, what type of company you want to work for, whether it's small, whether it's corporate. I think that like anytime you work for a different company, there's, there's always going to be takeaways from that. And I think that all of those are so valuable to leading where you want to go. So personally, I think experience can be great. And I think working for different types of types of companies is very valuable. Um, but saying that, I mean, I I know that people do it a million different ways. So that's just obviously my personal takeaway. Right. Okay. Um, well let's shift the focus now to the Mayfair group, your company. I'm definitely curious, what was the initial, I guess, aha moment for you when, you know, I guess this idea and concept came to life? Yeah. I mean, there was a few different things I think that led me to starting Mayfair. One, just being that I knew that this type of agency didn't exist. And I feel like I just had this burning desire to create something that I knew wasn't in the marketplace, like an all-inclusive creative agency that not only represents brands, but has its own identity. This company that stands for female empowerment and you know a safe place on Instagram, constant inspiration when you're scrolling and just this huge identity that I saw that was like way bigger than just, you know, a brand, um, kind of a lifestyle almost, if you will. So I knew that this thing didn't exist. And I feel like I just took me getting the experience that I needed in order to know, like, I can do this. I can create a company. I can, you know, walk away from my, my position that I was at previously and just take this risk and go for it. So I think honestly, knowing that that didn't exist, I think it might experience within the industry and knowing that I had kind of learned enough to where I could take the risk. But then also I just, I genuinely wasn't happy. I think I got to the point where I was like, I don't feel fulfilled in my career. I want to do something where I wake up every single day and have purpose. 
And I mean, I can say, you know, with my hand over my heart that starting Mayfair really changed my life because every single day, no matter what we tackle, I get to go to bed at night and feel like I'm just doing what I was meant to be doing in life. And that's just such a good feeling. So it was a combination of things. But I think whenever you get to that point, if you have an idea and you really, really believe that your idea is not only different, but going to impact people, I think just go for it. Like, we didn't have funding. We didn't have venture backing. I didn't have a lot of money. Like, you know, you've just, if you believe in a concept and, and you believe in enough and work hard and you, you know, bootstrap and grow it from the ground up, like you can really do it. Um, and nothing can stop you if you set your mind to it. So. Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, I guess, officially start the company while you were still working at um, your previous job or did you completely cut ties and then start from scratch and, you know, try to make ends meet. Cause I think that might be something that a lot of people have difficulty kind of, I guess the main obstacle is like, okay, the, the financial and emotional stability, I suppose, you know, from leaving a job to completely doing something on your own. I've, I'd say that's something that might be probably my biggest mental obstacle in the future when, you know, a couple of years from now. And so I'm definitely curious what was you, what was going through your mind as you were starting this and leaving something else? Yeah. I mean, I, I quit, basically quit my job and then I started Mayfair. That's kind of how my progression works. I know a lot of people will do like whatever their side hustle is on the side. And again, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. Like for me, I had saved a little bit of money to where I knew I was going to be like, okay, um, to start this company. And ultimately, you know, I just think like, for me, it's never been about money. It's just been about finding purpose and doing something that I genuinely love and that I believe in any day, every day I could be broke doing what I do every day and I would be happy, you know? And and for me, like that happiness is worth more than financial stability, which probably isn't the responsible answer, but I believe in this concept so much that it didn't really matter to me. Like I was going to do it anyways, but I think that there's no right or wrong way. I mean, I, like I said, I definitely saved enough money to where I could like get by for a little while. And I, I had already like spoken to a couple brands and knew that they would be willing to, to work with me if I like took the risk in starting this company. So I guess I definitely did have less risk knowing that like they would be like willing to work with me and that I would have a couple clients to start out with. So I think that's probably what helped. Um, but you know, I know people that have like started their businesses while working for other companies and, you know, done it like a side hustle on the side until they felt compelled enough, obviously to take that risk. So I really don't think there's any right or wrong answer. I think whatever works for you financially and stability wise, like is, is what you do. But I definitely think just making sure that, you know, you are pursuing that opportunity that fulfills you at the end of the day, whatever that might look like in your life. So Right, right. And it's funny because this podcast is called What Fulfills You for that reason, which we'll definitely get into. Um, But I also noticed, you know, your company does various things, right? You know, you guys do social media, PR, um, branding, sales, graphic design, all of that. Did you originally start with a specific niche or did you kind of have all of these available to your clients right off the bat? We started with basically social PR, sales, and creative content. I think that we started with those four sectors, which we still, those are sectors we still offer today. I think we've expanded a lot since then, um, you know, as companies do. But the premise of Mayfair when we started and the premise today is still very much so the same. 
um, even down to our kind of like core identity. Like it's funny because when people talk about Mayfair's social growth, it's, it's always crazy to me that we've been posting really cool content for years and years and years. Um, but people caught on almost like last year, um, which kind of speaks to the fact that like, you know, you never know when something's going to happen for you. And as long as you're true to your identity the entire time, at some point, it will pan out. And I know that that's frustrating because social growth and things like that do take time. But yeah, we basically started with four of the sectors that we have now. We, I, like I said, I had a couple brands, one of them being Wildflower Cases. That was the first brand we ever signed and they're still with us today, which is really, really cool. Um, and we basically just grew the company from there. But the premise that we started with is still very much so the premise today. It's just evolved a lot since then. But yeah. Okay. That's super unique. And I'm sure that's been, you know, amazing seeing your, your business grow and be able to connect with new clients all over. I've certainly seen the impact it's been making on social media and, you know, within, um, you know, the brands over here, but something else, actually an audience member wanted me to ask you, I did kind of put it out there to see if anyone wanted to have certain questions for you, but someone did ask, um, you know, how did you build a community? out of Mayfair because we've all noticed how it's very niche and unique as you clearly had envisioned, but also it's more than just the things that you do for your clients. It's also this community lifestyle, as you kind of called it as well. Was that um, intentional? Was it a strategic way you did it? How did you build such like a, oh, I'm going to go on Mayfair, like Instagram. It's like a community of, you know, where you feel welcome, female empowerment, kind of the way you described it. How did you build this? So I think the most powerful brands, and this is just me looking as an entrepreneur, they create lifestyles that people want to be a part of. And this is something I've read about for years. You know, you look at Nike, you look at these massive companies, and really it's a lifestyle. It's not even really a brand. It's a lifestyle that people buy into that they want to be a part of. So I think just in general, whenever you talk about marketing, like those are the brands that really do it right. And they have such a powerful community because people feel really inclined to be a part of this like lifestyle, this community, like they, they feel so much ownership of, you know, the brand and the idea and the concept and all of that. So I just knew with Mayfair, like I said, I think one, it's, it's genuine. I really wanted to create a place for people like myself who, you know, struggle with mental illness that when you're scrolling on Instagram, you're seeing, you know, positive content, you're seeing inspiring you know, pieces of, on Instagram instead of obviously what, what we sometimes can know Instagram to be. So I really wanted to be that place for people to go on Instagram where they feel inspired, they feel empowered. It maybe makes them smile. It maybe is like something that inclines them to do a random act of kindness or, and so I really wanted to build a brand around the concept of that positivity, empowerment, inspiration. And so all of the ideas just basically stem from there. We wanted to have like innovative content. We wanted to build a community. And I think one of the biggest things to know is make your community a two-way street, like never have it to where it's just you, you know, offering value to other people or products to other people. Listen to your customers, listen to the people that are following you. Like, I feel like something that we've done with Mayfair is we've always had open dialogue and transparency with the people that are on our platform. Like, tell us what you want to see from us. Like, tell us how your day is going. We did a, a post last night on our Instagram where we said, you know, start a conversation with somebody in the comments. And I was in there talking to everyone and everyone that worked on the Mayfair team was introducing themselves and talking to people and talking about things we struggle with. And I just think that like that dialogue and transparency and just honesty 
with your community is so powerful. And, you know, listen to the people that are following you. I think that like building an identity and a brand and all of that is great. But if you're not going to listen to the people and that is that are in within your community, it's only so powerful. And so really the evolutions of our business too, besides us having concepts that we want to do, a lot of it comes from the people that are following us. Everybody wanted us to launch products. And so we sat there and we said, how can we turn our positive messaging into products? Because people are requesting them. And so I think just, you know, the bigger you grow as a business, it's it, the more important it is to listen to the people that are within your, you know, your community. And so really that's what we've done. And I've just always believed in one, having a really strong brand identity and voice, speaking up about things that matter, but two, just listening to our customers and our community. And I think kind of those two coupled together will be a good recipe for brands in the future mm-hmm. to go off. Of. Mm-hmm. Right. And as you were growing that vision over the past, you know, two to three years, what would you say has been the biggest obstacle for you personally in your scope of work? I mean, I think 2020 has been just a huge <laughs> challenge for every business, uh, whether you're small, whether you're mm-hmm. large, whether you're stable, whether you're not like, this year in general has just been insane. I mean, for us, you know, I feel, I feel like I, like I said, I I have to remind myself every single day to have a positive outlook and just grateful attitude because this year has thrown so much at us that you wouldn't even believe like everybody else is dealing with, but you know, having to turn an entire company remote within a matter of weeks, um, especially a company that is such a collaborative creative company and moving that to remote and digital is just obviously been a whirlwind in itself. I mean, we've have to, we've had to shift, um, you know, positions for people. We've had to adjust our business plans. We've had to pivot. We've had to evolve. Um, so I think that, you know, really the biggest challenges has been things this year and, you know, no one can ever prepare you for what you're going to encounter as a business owner. I think that there's no handbook that's like, you're going to go through a pandemic and this is what you do. Like, these are things that you just learn as you go. And, you know, there's so many other lessons that I've learned along the way. And I'm sure even from today on, there's going to be so many more, but they're lessons. And I think that like mistakes that you make or things that you do, whether it's wrong or not, like those are the most powerful things because they teach you what you need to know. And there's going to be a lot of sidestepping and backstepping within your business, but those moments are so powerful. And even like 2020, like I'm sure we're going to all look back on 2020 and be like, Oh my gosh, look what we all were able to pivot and get through and support and be there for each other and strengthen our partnerships through that. And I think there's a lot of powerful moments that this year is going to teach us and it's already teaching us, but I would say this year definitely has been the hardest, just basically kind of navigating through this whole pandemic figuring out how we can be nimble and evolve and, you know, adjust with our team and adjust with everything going on. And so there's been a lot of learning lessons, but I I do believe in the power of those lessons. And um, I think that we've done a relatively good job in in, in all of that. So (laughs) That's good. And I know you mentioned earlier too, that this is this company and, and you building this is something that you're so fulfilled in and you have always found as if it's your purpose in life. And I'm sure that's something you have kept in mind throughout this quarantine pandemic to this year and in general. Is that is that something that you 
like at, at what point, cause I think the biggest issue for a lot of people, and I know, as you mentioned, there's no right or wrong answer, but it's really hard for people to kind of figure out that blanket. What's their passion? What's their purpose? Right. But what was kind of that key thing that made you know it was being maybe a manager or a leader within a business like this that was your purpose like what was like those small hints throughout life if you were even to look back in your childhood that some people could look back on as well yeah i think like i you know i talk to my little sister about this all the time because she's 22 and she, i i remember being her age and you know being in a really rough place and trying to figure out what my direction was and really the best piece of advice I ever got was, like I said, is figure out what your passions are. It doesn't have to be like concrete things. It can just be like something I enjoy is being around people or something that I enjoy is building relationships or, you know, something I enjoy is creating. And I think you can start to almost draw a list of things that you really enjoy or that you're passionate about, maybe even things you're good at. I think that like knowing your strengths is so important. And I always say in businesses, knowing your weaknesses is even more important, but I think understanding what you want and what you don't want. So maybe you know that you would never want to work in a corporate company and that's just like not you. So I think just start to jot down things about what it is that you know you're either passionate about, you're strong at something that you would value within a company and you can start to like piece together what, what you want kind of your career, I guess, or your position to look like, and then find companies that embody those things, find roles that embody those things. I don't think like you wake up one day and you're like, I want to be a graphic designer at the Mayfair group, you know, maybe you do. And that's great. But like, I think that a lot of times when you're that young and you're starting out, it's just about finding things that you enjoy. And that's why I think it's so important that like every job teaches you things that you, you need to know, or that you, that you basically value within a company. So I know, and I know my CEO too, we always talk about like all the previous companies we work for, there's been so many things we love, but maybe other things that we didn't love. And so, you know, how can you take those experiences that you love and either find a company that embodies more of those things, or even if you're starting your own business, implement those things that you love and adjust the things that you don't. So I think it just really stems down to almost stripping down to the core of like what it is that you want, what you're passionate about, what you love. And it can be very basic generic things. It doesn't have to be anything concrete and then finding companies that embody those things. And I think that's how you can start applying for internships and jobs is like using that information to cater like what, who you're and what you're applying to. So, I mean, it's just a good way. Cause I think a lot of times like we, again, feel so much pressure and especially when you're 22 or you're 21 and you're graduating, like, it's just such a tall ask to try and figure out like what it is that you want to do. And that's just not even an answerable question half the time. So I think just finding it about finding out what it is that you love and kind of like going from there. Okay. Yeah. I think that's really great advice too, is I think that's something that so many people forget to look at, especially at, you know, my age, I graduated college last year. And I think so many people from, from hearing from friends and peers, they often look at like, the, the career industry or that specific role. Like, oh, I want to be a social media coordinator or kind of like you said, oh, I want to do graphic design for the Mayfair group. And I think um, we forget to kind of look at values that we want within a company or what they embody, like you mentioned. So I'm glad that you mentioned that as well. I was just going to say too, like I didn't, I didn't even know that the job that I ended up doing existed. Like when I worked at Wildfox, I didn't know that fashion sales was even an avenue that you could work in. Like I knew I loved sales and I loved fashion but I lived in Georgia. I had no clue. So I think a lot of times too, when you, you know, when you 
get down to the core of what it is that you love and what you're good at, you can find avenues of careers that you didn't even know existed based on like stripping it down to kind of those things. You know, I think a lot of times like we're like, okay, my options are social media or PR, but like there's so many gray areas in between that of things that you could do. So I just think that that's why it's always important to create that list and um, almost have like pros and cons of things that you want and things that you don't want. And then you can start applying for jobs that fit within those things that you want. So, right. And you mentioned you're from Georgia. I'm also from the East coast. I'm actually from Pennsylvania. And I think something I commonly get asked is how to not be intimidated to either move across the country or, you know, kind of pursue jobs and internships, whatever in bigger cities that are known for it, like LA or New York, things like that. So what's your best tip, uh, when, if you recall, um, you know, on your journey from Georgia to the West coast? Yeah. Never think anything is too good for you. Like no opportunity is, is gonna, you deserve every opportunity. And I think that like never sell yourself short, first of all. Second of all, when it comes to Mayfair specifically, like we hire people that we see long-term value with instead of short-term value with all the time. If you don't have all the experience in the world, that's okay. Like if you provide us with a really innovative like idea and concept and resume and you're like, here's how I'm going to impact your company and you create a really personal cover letter. Like a lot of times we end up giving those girls internships over the girls that have experience because you know, they're already showing off the bat how much value they're going to bring, how much excitement they're going to bring to the table. So experience isn't everything growing up in a certain state that maybe not be, may not be like the capital of whatever industry you want to work with. Isn't the end of anything. I can tell you first and foremost, I grew up in Georgia and I did not know one person in fashion, like not one. I grew up like, um, you know, in the suburbs of Georgia, I didn't know anyone. My parents didn't know anyone in fashion. So like, don't ever let that dictate your goals. I'm telling you, you can like work your way up within an industry and just start from the bottom. I'm sure you're going to have to start from the bottom. I interned, I cleaned floors, I did it all, but like you ultimately can make your own relationships and get to where you want to go. So never let that hinder, obviously you wanting to do something. Are there any daily habits that you do today, maybe in a morning routine or anything in the evening that you feel like has significantly um, made a positive impact in your life or like your day-to-day trajectory? Yeah. Um, in the morning, my husband and I, and this is kind of a nighttime too, we, we always like take our dog on a walk and we try to just like have kind of a, a gratitude, like refresh at the, at the beginning and the end of each day. Cause I think, you know, our days get chaotic in the middle. And so it's always good to have, like I said, a moment to check out and just be grateful and to kind of just like realign. And I, I'm a really big believer too. And like, I, I call my family all the time mostly like before and after my days, but you know, they're, they're a huge part of my life. And I think those conversations are so valuable to me as well. It gives me a lot of perspective and like what's really important in life. So then no matter what comes at you within the day, you just still know, like, you know, I have a family, I, they're safe, they're healthy. And like at the end of the day, that's really the most important thing to me. So I think whatever it is, just having those moments of gratitude, whether it's like you starting your day with a gratitude list, whether it's you going on a walk or a run and just checking out, toning out, thinking about the things that you're thankful for, whether it's whatever it is, a meditation, whatever it is that helps you kind of realign. I think those things are so important, especially right now with like quarantine. It's really important to start and end your days that way. So I would commit to doing that. 
And I think that's something that I've made a part of my routine and it's definitely helped my overall mental health and mindset kind of tackling each day. Wow. I love that. Um, and I'm also curious to just a little bit on the, the personal level. Um, how were you able to balance your vision of building a company and then also kind of developing, you know, relationships, obviously, you know, you have a husband now and whatnot, but like, I think that's something else that a lot of people kind of struggle with is like finding that balance and, you know, being able to build relationships outside of their career focused, um, direction. So any, any tips there? Well, I would say my husband would say I'm not good at this at all. And it's something I would admittedly tell you I'm not good at either. I mean, it's, I feel like balance, in my opinion, when you run a business, is an impossible task. Like you can strive for it, you can reach for it, you can try as hard as you can to have balance in your life. But when you start in a company and you're an entrepreneur and that company is yours and you've built it from the ground up, like, you're, you're always going to be tuned into like what's going on. And it really is hard to like check out and take time. I'm the worst. Like my girls knew like whenever I'm sick, if they know I'm really sick, if I'm not answering emails, because even when I'm on vacation, even when I'm supposed to be checked out, I'm always, always, always on my phone. And I know that's probably not the healthiest thing, but I, again, I I've spoken to so many business owners and mentors and everyone just says like, what is balance? Like you can try for it, but just know that like, don't put that much pressure on yourself to really like attain it because especially when you're in the early stages of growing a business, it's so hard. But I think just, you know, making sure that you, again, you prioritize the things that are important to you. And I feel like I try every single day to have time, whether when I get home from work, my husband and I make dinner together or we go on a walk, um, just having that time. Um, and again, whether you're dating, whether you're, you're just having that time for yourself, um, even if you're alone, I think that that's so important. And I think it, it is really, really important to have time like checked out. I can firsthand admit, I probably need to be better at this, but it's something I'm working on every single day. So just making sure you prioritize the things that are important to you and always take time out, whether it's on the weekends, whether it's at night to obviously allocate to those things. And now I think too, with Carl, like we try to take trips every so often. And you know, we took a trip to Palm Springs a couple of weeks ago and I, I, basically left my phone in the, in the room the entire weekend. I just needed like a weekend with him. And I think those moments are really special too, but I will say you have to marry somebody that's understanding and he is the most understanding person in the world. And that's honestly been, that's probably saved me because he totally gets how much like I care about Mayfair. And I think that like, he has so much patience with that. So that's a credit to who I married. <laughs> I was just going to say it's, it's a, it's a tall ask. And I think it's something that I strive for every day, but I, I definitely fail at, but balance is just such a hard thing to attain. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm glad that you kind of make that realistically known as well, because I think that's something I've kind of concluded, you know, especially with myself working a day job, also doing a podcast, also having my own e-commerce business. I've noticed it is kind of a struggle to really have what you call life balance or work-life balance. But at the same time, if those things fulfill you in life, I think kind of along the way, at least from my experience, you kind of meet the right people that kind of naturally shift into your life or naturally fit because they do understand, you know, like your situation, they understand how much you care about what you're doing and how much 
drive and how much passion and purpose you align with it. So I think those people will ultimately be able to organically come into your life, especially if you stay focused on what it is that really drives you. So I'm, I'm glad that you shared that. Yeah. And if you have people in your life that don't support you, then you're probably hanging around the wrong people or you're probably surrounding yourself. One of the biggest quotes that I always live by is like, if you want to see where you'll be in five years, look at the people around you. And it's so, so true. Like those five people you spend the most time with, you have the most time on the phone with your, you know, those people are so impressionable on your life. And so if you're surrounding yourself with people that don't support your career, what is that ultimately going to do for you? So I just think it's really, really important. And like I said, I'm really lucky that everyone that I surround myself with in my inner circle are so supportive of Mather. And I, I don't know how honestly I would make it work if they weren't, because obviously like this is something that I ultimately always want to do and that I love. And so I just think, you know, have people that support your dreams and support the people around you's dreams. Cause I think those are the best kinds of friendships or relationships or whatnot is having supportive people around you. So I think that's something definitely to take away as well. Wow. I love that. Um, my, my final and last question I ask every guest on this episode, and that is what ultimately fulfills you in life? My, I think what really fulfills me is being able to wake up every single day and do what I love and be surrounded by people who support me and work with a team that is so inspiring and so creative. Um, the Mayfair team, honestly, they've, they've all changed my life. I get to go and work work with them, whether it's on Zoom, whether it's in person, and just feel inspired to work with like the most badass females every single day. And ultimately, like that is my dream to create a company where we're not only inspiring other people, but we also come to work and inspire each other. And it's just really, really cool to be able to call this my job. And so I think that I'm just fulfilled in what I do every day and the people I'm surrounded by. And yeah, I mean, it, it a lot of times feels like a dream because it really is something that I get to call work, which doesn't feel real. So yeah. <laughs> I really like that answer. And I definitely align with that too, is just, you know, being able to be surrounded by people that you make an impact on, but also they're making an impact on you and really being able to wake up and like you said, kind of really call your own destiny. And I think that's ultimately what we, what we all want in life. <laughs> what you love every single day and it doesn't feel like work. It's so, so true. And it's something to strive for. If you currently don't have that in your life, like that should be the goal. Should it be like, X amount of salary or what I think just waking up every single day and doing something you love and then, and then ultimately you will be fulfilled. Right. Super awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Where can everyone find you on socials and share all the, the juicy connections? <laughs> so definitely follow the Mayfair group. I always say this first, cause that's where you can find all the amazing content. My personal Instagram definitely lacks a lot of times. <laughs> Um, but the Mayfair group's handle is just at the Mayfair group. And then if you want to follow my personal, my personal is at Sam Abrahart, A-B-R-A-H-A-R-T. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I will include, I'll include all of those in the show notes and yeah, thank you so much again. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. 
And before you guys leave today, be sure to check out my career ebook guide. I know a lot of you guys have been buying the book and really enjoying it, and I'm really loving the results uh, you guys have shared with me, whether that was actually a job offer or maybe just sharing with me your interview process where you were able to use certain interview questions and interview prep that you used from the book. So if you're interested, intrigued, and just want to help yourself get prepared for the job search and just kind of understanding where you want to go with your career, you can definitely check out my ebook. It's on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog. Until next time, guys, I hope you guys have an awesome week. Stay safe, stay healthy, sane, all of the good stuff, and I will chat with you all next week. Bye.